Yes, we are live. We are live. Welcome back to another episode of The Square Table, where we give advice and answer the hard questions about life. I'm your boy, Darren Deshay, <laughs> and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, none other than your boy, Demo. I'm here. What's up, y'all? Stop doing it. I can't put the real one in if you do. Yeah, but I just I like it better when it's mine. But I, you know, you know, for so so last week I didn't have an AKA, and like a lot of people told me that, and I was kind of de- devastated. So I think I have to have two this week to make up for last week. So I think that this week I'll be AKA the hidden variable, and then AKA the dependent variable. What can I be both? I don't know. I don't think it, I don't think we're going back to definitions again and I don't think those oh, are bro. out of control. Are same time. And then we got my boy Jay Lee over there. What up, what up? Tell me what to do, baby boo. Hey man. Welcome back guys. I'm I'm so glad to be here. But, yeah, your uh, ass was on the road, huh? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I've been uh I've been I've been moving, bro. I've I've logged about four thousand close to five thousand miles in the last seven days, yeah. so you know. I'm finally glad to be somewhere stationary, but uh, yeah, but it was it was lit, bro. It was lit. It was good times, good times. You know, can't complain. But um, we've been talking about you know adding new segments to uh to the episodes. Uh, last week y'all got a y'all got a taste of uh, movie shots, and this week we're gonna give you another taste of movie shots, but also you know we're gonna dive into a new segment that is called. The what the fucks of the week, where we talk about all the dumb shit that's happened in the last week. Um, and I'm gonna go ahead and start this one off with uh, none other than our infamous United States press secretary, one Sean Spicer, when he, uh, you know, dropped some gems about Hitler, things we didn't know, <laughs> of course. Some gems. Oh. Some gems. Apparently, apparently, Hitler's not as is. As crazy as Hitler was, he's not as bad as, you know, my man over there in Syria aside because he's not dropping gas on people from planes. Instead, he's just putting them in fucking ovens and, you know, putting them in rooms with gas. It, that's apparently that's way less, you know, inhumane than dropping the shit from the sky. I mean, it's not like he killed over like five million Jews. It's what cool. It's the cool, fuck, though. Mr. Spicer? It's cool. Sean Spicer, man. Also, if you didn't know. The Jew, the Jewish people who you know were subject to the Holocaust, they weren't they weren't kept in concentration camps. <laughs> Where were they kept? Where did they oh my them? god! They kept them in Holocaust centers. That sounds like a like a community center where you play basketball and yeah, like you yeah, have your yeah, kids yeah, soccer yeah. Games. It was they were at the Holocaust centers. That's what they were. They were the Holocaust centers, not fucking ovens and fucking gas chambers and shit like that man mm-hmm. that is your press secretary guys Bruh. he represents see how he, he says represents your. your president see how he says yes. your yes i say your he represents your president words mean things guys he said your. hey man I, I still never got the answer were they giving out holocaust rings <laughs> no they weren't giving out rings they gave out tattoos free eat so, Dog, like, hey. how can he be so insensitive to like the shit that's going on with those people? Like, they're being oppressed by you know people defacing their um, graves and shit like that now, and then he gonna add fuel to the fire. Which it just it, it just is co- continue with the the uh, I guess the momentum of these motherfuckers when they gave the tribute to the Holocaust. They didn't even mention 
Jews at all. Oh yeah, it's like it. Oh. I mean, I think that's 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 part of having uh, Breitbart's own up there in the yeah. fucking uh, White true. House. One Steve Bannon, who is probably one of the most anti-Semitic uh, individuals mm-hmm. in that White House. Um, Word is though the president is trying to distance himself from Mr. Bannon, so we'll see where that goes. Yeah, that's alleged. It, yeah, you you distance yourself by getting rid right. of him. You fire that motherfucker. That's that's how that's how you distance yourself from him. It's hard to distance yourself from someone who works in the office right next door to you. Just saying. Okay. But uh, yeah, that's my that's my what the fuck. You know, that's my what the fuck. One Sean Spicer, our favorite guy. Who says all the dumbest things? Is that baby Josh crying by yeah, the way, Josh? It is a little bit. It is. <laughs> He's probably hungry. So, so Josh, what, what is your what the fuck of the week, man? My what the fuck of the week. It's not as so much as a what the fuck. It's more of a uh, kind of like, oh hey, look that happened, and we're kind of happy about it. Um, the one and only Tommy Lauren. Damn. All right. So we've been seeing this in in and out of the news the last couple weeks actually. Um, but one, she's been quoted. She went on. The, she went on the View, and she said some stuff that you know, saying that the government shouldn't have uh, their hand in what women can and cannot do with their bodies. Right. Okay. Yeah. Speaking, you know, and saying that she was pro-choice, which completely goes against every other stance that she has when it comes to our current administration. Um, and she's been. She quoted saying. I can't sit here and be a hypocrite and say I'm for limited government, but I think the government should decide what women do with their bodies. And because of that statement, The Blaze, her show, has been taken off the air. And really, really, what she was saying is, if I've had abortions before, so I can't oh. sit here and be. <laughs> could be that could come out here in the future. You never know. You never know. But on top of that, she's filed a 27-page lawsuit against against the company she formerly worked for saying that she should have access and rights to her Facebook which she has 4 million followers on so that's the major way that she reaches out and has an impact on the news and the culture and what people are thinking um, and the Blaze is saying that they own her Facebook they do. page they do. and technically right now her, air, her show is not airing but she is still under contract so they're still paying her they're just not letting her be on her show and so with that they kind of own her social media yeah. and which means they own her following which means she her voice is nothing really anymore. which means they own her yeah pretty much is tommy lauren a slave right well, and it, it it's funny it, to it the network that way, right that's yeah. crazy slave to the network man well, funny mm-hmm. you say that slavery yeah. is legal as long as it's a form of punishment that's that's a law so Prison? That's the 13th Amendment, yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not bad, that's not bad. I just feel like you guys came with like some serious what the fucks of the week, and so I feel like mine is like <laughs> not as good now. But my what the fuck of the week actually happened to me, right? So, <laughs> so y'all, <laughs> no, no, no. So y'all know that I'm in grad school or whatever, and so sometimes I try to be social, and so I went to the GSA Gala on Friday, um, and it was on this, yeah, man, it was I on this that. fucking boat. Yeah, it was all fancy looking and shit. The nice married couple. Aww. Dog, it was some bullshit. I paid $160 for us to go, dog. 
Oh no! So I already, I already it was already fucked up from the beginning. But the only reason I did it is because it was open bar. And if you want me someplace, open bar is the key, right? That's always the key. So yes. when I tell you, not only did I not even get to sit at the table that I paid for. What do you mean? Well, because my table got too crowded because you know someone who will remain nameless just let extra people fucking sit at our table. So I had to go and sit at the divinity table, which wasn't that bad. There were a bunch of cool ass dudes, but it, that's the, besides the fucking point. The bar <laughs> closed in the middle of the fucking thing, dog. Like it's open bar, and the bar was like, "We're done. We're not. No, we're not taking orders. You have to take orders from your waitress." So I go to the waitress, and she's like, "I'm not taking drink orders. I'm only doing food." Bitch, what? I pay for open bar. I don't give a fuck who brings me a drink, but somebody's bring me a fucking drink. So I paid one hundred and eighty dollars to go to a uh, a dinner sober the entire time. I think I had like two drinks. It was fucking terrible. That is depressing. Yeah, That's that was my. I'm sorry, sorry to hear about that. Yeah, that was literally my what the fuck of the of the week. Like literally all week, I was looking forward to this thing bars. and being lit. You know what I'm saying? The stars aligned. My fucking planet was in retrograde because fucking <laughs> my son was had to stay home with his mom, so I didn't have to hook up a babysitter dog. It was all perfect. I should have been super lit. And I wasn't. And I wasn't. No, not at all. I'm learning about open bars, and I'm just saying at my wedding. Don't do it. You know. I'm gonna now. I'm gonna have my own open bar. I'm just gonna buy bottles on bottles and bottles. And y'all need to just go out to serve yourselves. Okay, that's what I'm that's saying. You just buy. Out. Isn't it? Isn't it cheaper to just buy? No, bottles? dog. You yeah, can't but most do places that. won't let you bring your exactly. Own you can't do that. No venue's gonna let you do that. Well, then you don't. You just go somewhere where they let you. Bring no, that's not a thing. You gonna have your wedding it. gonna be in your backyard, dog. I wouldn't put it past you. Damn. But in you there. know, <laughs> in I'm, there. I'm probably gonna have my wedding in my backyard. Fucking in there. It's gonna look dope as shit. I mean, Bruh, I might not... even have a destination wedding on the sand and throw some sand on the ground and shit, oh. and y'all just just ride <laughs> in the backyard. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he going to home. Like he going to Home Depot to put sand on. The... <laughs> have a kiddie pool that you can dip your feet in. And shit. It's gonna be lit. Oh, you out of pocket? Yeah, bro. he's serious though. He's serious though. He's fucking serious. Expenses, expenses yeah. will be. You know, he's motherfucking serious. On the, so, on the low end, I think. I guess my what the fuck of the week was kind of fitting because today's topic is what, Shay Shay, you know? Today's topic, uh, we're going to be discussing this, discussing the school to prison pipeline. And I think that, and I think yeah, that, go ahead. No, nah, the, the, the question that we, we are going to try and get down to is our, our children being pushed into prison, essentially. They are when the open bar that they pay for was not... Given dog, I I almost motherfucking went to prison that night. I think I would have beat somebody ass had I been given the opportunity. So I think, yeah. Oh man, so uh, I think we start this off by defining the school to prison pipeline for those of you who don't know uh, what the school to prison pipeline is, and it's essentially a metaphor that's used to describe um, the. Increasing patterns of contact students have with the juvenile system, the juvenile justice, criminal justice system, um, as a result of recent practices implemented by educational institutions. Um, the, these policies and practices are directly and indirectly pushing students out of school 
and into the criminal justice system. So that's when you when you talk about the school to prison pipeline, you're talking about schools that have like zero tolerance policies, who are suspending students for minor infractions, um, detention, and, and essentially putting students in a position where they are not set up to succeed and ultimately are put in a position where they will be pushed into the criminal justice system. Um, what are your thoughts, guys? Um, I... <sighs> One, I will I will not argue the fact of whether it does or does not exist because I wholeheartedly believe, believe that it does exist. Got that out of the way. Next, um, I I think it's a it's about targeting in a way, and there are certain schools, certain areas, um, and communities and children that are targeted for this pipeline. Mm-hmm. And those being, you know, schools that are in poverty-ridden communities, those students that don't grow up with the cookie-cutter family background and lifestyle. Um, and then a lot of those those children are considered to have learning disabilities, right? And so a lot of them, they need additional assistance. And we're not talking about learning disabilities as in like they have Down syndrome or Asperger's or something. Like they have learning disabilities where you can say ADHD or ADD. So, I mean, those types of kids are targeted and then they say that they cannot operate in the school and they're disruptive. And so this pipeline is a way for them to get those students out of the classroom and into a place where they legitimately make the government or that city or that state money by being in the prison system. Yeah. Ooh, money. That's real. I mean, mm-hmm. I think kind of to piggyback on what uh, Josh says, and, and low-key, I hate the, the term piggyback, but anyway, so it's just kind of like the follow-up what Josh was saying, um, that the prison, the school-to-prison pipeline definitely is is targeted towards a certain demographic of people. Um, uh, a study that was done a couple of years ago um, found that 40% um, of students that are expelled each year are black. Um and that's not even taking consideration of any other race. Forty percent of people that are suspended or that are expelled every year—that means they're put out of the school—are black. And it's it's funny, it's funny you bring that up because uh, like I was looking at some statistics earlier, um, just the overall breakdown of students in school. Fifty-one percent of students in school are, are white. Twenty-four mm-hmm. percent are Hispanic. Yeah. Only thirty. 13% are African-American and you got, you know, Asian Pacific Islander and, and American Islanders, uh, American Indian. So you're saying out of 13% African-American students that make up the school population, 40% of them are, are, expelled, are, getting, are getting put out, expelled or kicked <laughs> out of school. And don't, don't, don't some areas have, it's mandatory for children under a certain age to go to school. Exactly. And if they don't go to school, they actually are arrested for it if they're yeah, not it's in like school. Truancy. That's, I mean, yeah, truancy, yeah, yes. That's true. Mm-hmm. So, so you're going to expel them and say you can't come to the school, but good luck not getting arrested for not being in school. Yeah, they have to find another school to go to. That's just So usually what happens to those kids, they end up at an alternative school um, where that's really just fucking daycare because... It's you, like... Uh, it's like... You keep, it's like prison. Exactly, <laughs> because you can't really... 
I mean, a lot of times you can't really manage those kids. I mean, you you talking about all the kids that got expelled, um, and not because they're not capable of doing the work, but a lot of times, what kids are not dumb. You know what I'm saying? Like people are not dumb. So like when you are putting them in a situation where they know that they won't be success won't be successful. Um, you know, in their careers or in their aspirations to go to college and things of that nature because you've put them out of school. You know, you've continuously treated them like they are criminals or, you know, that they are bad people, then they start to play that part, you know what I'm saying? Or they start to think that they are less than, and so then they start doing things that, um, you know, just continues to push them and push them and push them towards prison. Um, I know that another statistic that they had out there is that 70% um of students involved arrest so that means like you guys got into some kind of altercation at school um and law enforcement was called 70 percent of the time that happens that's for a black or latino student that means you got an altercation at school the police came arrested your ass and you went to jail like but you were at school you yeah. know what i'm saying like but these are things it's a uh... The it's the crim- the criminalization of uh, normative normative adolescent behavior. Exactly. I mean, you, you stuff like pushing and shoving yep. uh, in school. That's it's now it's assault. Yep. You know, and now these kids are getting charged with assault. Yep. Uh, you you pick up you pick up your friends' headphones. You know, you steal some headphones in school, and now you're being charged with theft or robbery. Yep. And now you have a record um, talking back in in class or talking back to you know a, a school administrator is now fucking disorderly conduct. Yep. And now you're taking kids out of fucking school and arresting them. And now these they have juvenile records. Yep. They've, they've they've they're in the system. Um, and it's it's you know, that's that's what you're getting. And it's mm-hmm. the the overpresence of police in schools. Um, so yeah, there there definitely yeah. is a a school to prison pipeline. Just um, from that sense, you know, just from that sense is that you're you are like you said you are criminalizing adolescent behavior. I mean, all the things that teens typically do. Um, and, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. So when you're in your 40s or 50s, you're going to look back and say, oh, these teenagers are crazy. We never did that. But you're wrong. You did. Like <laughs> We did um, all of that. Plus, yeah, plus some because there was no Facebook or Instagram to catch us doing this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody was recording a whole fight on dial-up. But I promise you people used to fight in school all the time. People were disrespectful to teachers. People used to do a lot of things. I remember I got in a yo mama argument with my ninth grade teacher. Like, we just went on each other for, like, ten minutes of class. And I didn't get suspended for that. You know what I'm saying? But, like, if somebody would do that shit now, fucking administration would come in, a police officer would come in, and that motherfucker would be hauled out of the classroom. You know what I'm saying? So, like, um, there's definitely a change with the way that um, adolescent behavior is being addressed. But there also is a privilege to where you are attending school. You know what I'm saying? Um, so when you look at inner city schools, a lot of them, um, at, at least you know, I can speak from DCPS, uh, DC public schools, almost every one has a metal detector in it. Like every fucking one, the students have to walk through a metal detector in order to get to school. Um, but when we start looking at other counties in Maryland or in Northern Virginia, things like that, there isn't one. You know, they don't have to be subjected to that. They're just assumed that those children are not going to do certain things that they are automatically assuming that D.C. kids are going to do. Um, and there's a psychological effect to that um, when you start treating students like that. And like uh, Rainey said, with alternative schools, that they, they look like prisons or they run like prisons. There's a psychological effect of that. 
Um, and so it is there. Once you do incarcerate them, there's a sense of comfort because you've been grooming them to, to function like that. Um, and so I think that that I think that it's something that's a very serious issue. But I think it's becoming unnoticed because um, the truth about prisons are just now catching some wind. You know that prisons are a profit. You know a lot of people. Um, and, and, and maybe I'm just the only ignorant person and the people that I'm surrounded by are just the only ignorant people. But a lot of people assume that prisons were funded by the government um, and they were only funded to house criminals. You know, there was no profit in it. It was just there's a need. And so it was just, you know, literally they were breaking even. But a lot of prisons are privately owned. Um, there's, a, there's a profit being turned. There's definitely right. And so the more inmates they prisons. have in that prison, the more money they're making. So a lot of prisons are overpopulated. Um, you know, they are not. <laughs> they have way too many people in each cell because they make more money that way. You know what I'm saying? And so a lot of times when criminals could get off on good behavior or whatever the case may be, there's like harsher infractions for things that they do. I mean, they might say something under their breath and now they got a shot and like that adds could potentially add more time to your sentencing. So it's just like once you're in jail, the, the goal is to keep you in jail, not to put you back out because that's how you're going to continue to make money. And a lot of people, and a lot of conservatives will say, well, if you never did anything wrong, then you never would end up in jail in the first place. But that is why the school to prison, the pipeline is put in place is because it's not about you doing something wrong down the road is that we have to start grooming you early in life to do things that will warrant us to put you in jail. I agree. I, I definitely agree with you. I mean, and if you think about it from a business standpoint, if you own a prison, it's a smart business decision. Yeah. Uh, like what you, if you own a prison and you make your money off of inmates that are in your prison it is a smart business decision for you to lobby for harsher, uh, you know, consequences for minor infractions for kids in school, uh, because that leads to them making, you know, mistakes or possibly find themselves in the criminal justice system later on down the line, which feeds you more prisoners to make money. Um, I definitely think that's something that's that's being done. Uh, you you look at um, look at the. Uh, the, the the legislation that's being put forward um, for mandatory suspensions for minor infractions for for students, um, and then you look at the zero tolerance policy that a lot of a lot of schools have, where they have a zero tolerance policy for fighting or uh, for arguing, talking back to teachers and things like that. That results in a suspension or an expulsion, mm-hmm. um, and it's 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 being pushed in a lot of schools. And it's it's feeding the the, the the prison system. It's feeding the criminal justice system's uh, st- students. Yeah, uh, amen. Literally, like the there's Judge Michael T. Conahan and Mark A. Chiravella Jr. were investors and owned part of some, you know, child detention centers, right? Yeah. And they were charged and pled guilty to funneling children into these two these two facilities Mm -hmm. and they were judges so literally a kid that made a fake myspace account and started heckling their her school uh, vice principal ends up with three months in the juvenile center for that bro it's just like the the judge in pennsylvania that just got sentenced to like 
fifty years in, in fucking prison uh, because he he uh, he owned stock in a in a in a private prison, and he was sending kids to jail. Mm-hmm. He was he was giving them harsher sentences for for minor minor infractions, and he was sending them up to up upstate because they needed more prisoners at that at that institution. Yep, because now, I wouldn't even call it an institution, but that at that that prison. They sign those long-ass contracts, and when the population starts to go down for whatever reason, they're like, oh, shit, we're losing money. Let me funnel some more people back to y'all. That's real. It's ridiculous. And at the same time, now, like you said earlier, the, the higher police presence in these schools, now you have a police officer in there that's going to go write a statement, and nobody's going to go against what this police officer says. So whatever happens or whatever really happened, it doesn't matter. And a lot of the stuff we see, like the videos that students record of police officers roughing up and legitimately fighting students in the classroom, flipping them out of their desk and everything, like if that's not recorded and nobody sees it, nobody's going to believe anything that the kids say. What that police officer writes down is what's going to be taken for gospel. That's going to be used as evidence in court. And then that's that kid is he's going to jail. He or she is going to jail. Exactly. And that's that's one of the like the, the, the concerns about, you know, placing the police in schools. I mean, at the at the end of the day, when you have police in schools, there's there's like a there's a lack of evidence that putting police in schools makes schools safer. There there's there's no real evidence out there to support that having a police presence in school makes schools safer. Because one, students are still going to have those 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 altercations. They're still going to fight. They're you know that's just that's what kids do. They're they're adolescents. Um, that's what and, people do. People fight. Yeah, it's what, it's what people it's what people do, and there's no there's no evidence to support that having having uh, police in schools is safer. There's not. Well, and, and ultimately, 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 in, increased school policing has a negative impact. I mean, on 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 students, just like you said. Um, I I I think so too, and I but I do think there is a you can do it, and there is a right way to do it. There's this thing called community policing. That if, because I'm a police officer, I, I know a lot of these things and we see it and we actually use it. And oh shit, I forgot you were a it cop. Works, you know, it works. <laughs> like if you're community policing. So if that's when, for you don't, if you don't know what community policing is, it's when a police officer is assigned to a specific community. And that police officer works in that community all the time. That's the only community he works in. He'll walk around, he'll talk to the kids, talk to the families. He's not there, he's policing as he's doing his job. But he is a part of that community and making him a part of that community. It brings, you know, because most people aren't committing crimes in their own community. That's just dumb. People don't do that. Um, we know who but, you are. <laughs> right. They know who you are. So <laughs> there, it doesn't happen because it's community policing. So by the sheer fact of him being there, he's making a difference. If you apply that same concept to schools, you know, with the amount of school shootings that we have going on and stuff, response time for a police officer, if he's in the school to stop an active shooter, is essentially now down to zero. He knows that school. He knows what's going on. He has access to security. I'm sure schools have cameras nowadays. You know, there's there's benefits to it. But that police officer has to know his reason for being there. If you tell a police officer to go in that go in that school and walk around and do your daily regular job, he's not he's going to approach it the same way he would approach adults. You can't have a, a police officer with a baton, you know, banging on kids. Like that's that's not okay. So there has to be some lines and some some, you know, decisive um, communication saying what that police officer can and cannot do within a school. 
I think so. There's benefits and there's also downsides to it, but I think the the difference is rapport, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think rapport goes a long way. I think that if the police officers know knew these students, you know, in a way, and I think that was what they were trying to capture when they started putting them in the school system, is that the the police officers would take the time to know the students, and so they would know how they could interact with the students and how not to interact with the students. Um, but I don't think that that's happening, and I think that that's a result of the kind of training that they're getting prior to entering these school zones because I think that a lot of times they are treating these students like adults. Um, And so the whole justice system is looking at them as adults instead of adolescents, and I think that is the issue. Um, I don't think any kind of type of different training to go into a school rather than working in, you know, a regular police car and writing tickets and shit. I think they they just go and do it. Yeah, and I think that's a problem. Which is the wrong answer. Right, there's so much, it's, it's completely different. Dealing with kids and dealing with adults is completely different, you know. Um, especially depending on the child's upbringing and the way that they view adults and, you know, uh, authority and things of that nature. Like, as an adolescent, you're not going to get those things. And, like, people, when they look at these videos where children are being, you know, manhandled, they're just saying, oh, well, if he wasn't acting like a punk, that wouldn't happen. Or if he you know, didn't do X, Y, Z, this wouldn't happen, but like, and it might be the social worker in me, but I think a lot of people are always trying to deal with the action and never really ask the question, well, why did that happen? You know what I'm saying? What's the cause? Um, yeah. And so, a lot of kids, they get wrapped up in this fucking system that is designed with them being incarcerated, and it and it's ridiculous. And I, and I would I wouldn't believe in the school to prison pipeline if it was the same across the board, right? So if the predominantly white schools or you know even schools in the suburbs, like fuck it, if those schools had as large as a of a police force in the school as they do in these inner city schools, then I would be like, oh no, this is just the education system. This is what they think is right. But it's night and day. It really is. And what's yeah. crazy is like when you think about um, student success and proficiency, right? Um, PG County Schools, they really don't have that big of a police presence in the schools. But they have, out of most of their schools, they have a 90% graduation rate. Above 90% graduation rate. So there is no connection that you can make to say that putting police officers in the school has made the school more successful because they don't. You know what I'm saying? So, like, but then we talk about these schools yeah. that do have a police presence, and what do their graduation rates look like? Thirty percent, forty percent. You know what I'm saying? Like, that just blows my mind. They're like that. That we think about when we think about these minorities that only make up about thirty percent of the population. Um, you know, they're two times more likely not to graduate. <laughs> no, it's, it's like like, like what is is it. You bring up like statistics, like you said, forty percent of students expelled from schools uh, each year they're black, and they're they're, they're only thirteen percent of students in schools right. total are, are are black. Seventy percent of students involved in in school arrest are or or referred to law enforcement are black or Latino. Um, black students are three and a half times more likely to be suspended than whites. Uh, blacks and Latino students are twice as likely not to graduate high school as whites, like you yeah. just said. And it, this is this is the, the the biggest one. 
68% of all males in state and federal prison don't have a high school yeah. diploma. So, I mean, and, and that, that stems back from, that stems back to, uh, in, in, in my opinion, and other people's uh, professional opinion and, and, and based off of research, that stems back to the policies and, and practices that are taking place in these schools. Yeah. I mean, kids are kids are being suspended. And what does that lead to? Suspension leads to a negative viewpoint on school. Uh, so you get kids to drop out. And that ultimately leads to either unemployment or incarceration. I feel like even at a more basic sense, like if I'm suspended from class, then I'm missing that block of instruction. So when I come back to school, it's not like the teacher's going to go back and teach me the whole three to four days that I was suspended. They're not going to teach me that work. So I don't have that baseline now. So now I'm expected to do work that builds upon themselves, but I'm missing whole weeks of instruction. You know what I'm saying? So And kids are not going to teach themselves. So the problem is, is that I missed the instruction, so now I don't know how to do this shit. Now I'm back in school. I don't know how to do this shit, so what am I going to do? I'm going to cut up. That's what people do. They act out because they don't understand. So because what I'm looking at is some fucked up shit, fuck it. But then what's even further fucked up is that they, you know, the not, no child left behind and all that other bullshit where we continue to pass kids on. So because we continue to pass kids on, it's, it's, it's a domino effect. So I'm suspended from class. I've missed the block of instruction, especially if it's something that happens earlier in my life. So there's a potential that I'll get to middle school, high school, and a lot of this shit I don't know how to do. I may not know how to multiply. I may not know how to divide. I may not even fucking know how to read. And you're expecting me to be successful in high school. I'm not. I'm just going to fucking... Right, so I'm just going to act out. And that's why a lot of those kids get expelled. It's because all they do is have behavioral issues in school all day because they don't understand the material, and they know that nobody in that school gives a fuck to even teach them that material. They just want to suspend them and expel them. So, like... I don't understand why it's confusing, why it's, why they're confused about how people that are suspended and expelled, uh, why there's such a strong correlation to our numbers in prison. I mean, it's it's just, it's yeah, it's, it's fucking fundamental. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. It's, 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 it's really, it's obvious, it's obvious. It's, there's, and what, it's right here in place. And what infuriates me is that instead of, you know, Putting more money into the education system. We were trying to find 10% to put towards the military. You know? I mean, you look at look at, uh, look at at uh, places like Philadelphia uh, and Baltimore, or Pennsylvania and Baltimore. Uh, you look at Pennsylvania. Uh, Philadelphia was having a, uh, a budget issue with the uh, school district where they were cutting teachers, cutting nurses, cutting school counselors. Um, they, they couldn't afford to pay them. They're closing schools. But the state of Pennsylvania, instead of helping the school district of Philadelphia out to fund this for the, the school district and, and keep these teachers, counselors, nurses, these schools open, they decided to put money into a new penitentiary and yep. in, 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 in right outside of Philadelphia back in, this was just a couple years ago, about two, three years ago. Um, they decided to put, I think it was like, Fifty million dollars into a new mm. state state penitentiary, mm. and they did they did the same thing out there in Baltimore. Yeah. So, it's 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 evident that people are putting, um, you know, much much more of an emphasis on making profit off of prisons than getting our kids through the education system successfully mm-hmm. and having them to come out and be, you know, model citizens. 
Um, they're trying to find a place to put them instead of teaching them. And so if I can't teach you in school, I'm just going to put you in yeah. prison and that'll be that. And we're, you know, federal governments talk about cutting after school programs. Yeah. So the, the most high risk time for kids and young adults to get in trouble is between 3 p.m. and 6 p.m. They're fresh out of school. Yep. You know, they want to spend some time with their friends. It's not bedtime yet. It's not dinner time yet. So they're out, you know, not in the streets, but they're outside doing whatever they do, like walking around, busting it up. And if you don't have something for them, those kids to do, they're going to get in trouble. You're going to find something to get into. It's because kids, kids are mischievous. That's what, right. you know, that's what they do. That's what they and find so, things to do. They find ways to entertain themselves. Mm-hmm. And so We're, cutting these programs is just going to do more to force them into some of these minimum sentencing requirements that we have and some of these some of these major you know but when you think about institutions when you think about cutting these after school programs that is completely targeted at a certain demographic because the people yeah. that are taking the most advantage of these after school programs are the inner city schools and African American Latino community period so mm-hmm. like People who look at these after-school programs say, oh, you know, we don't really need them, are people who are putting their kids in other programs that are outside of the school, you know what I'm saying? That they, that they, that can, they can afford, afford. right? For. The, and that's the, the piano lessons. Right, and, and so, you know, the fucking, so uh, it keeps their know? kids out of trouble because they're doing something else that's constructive, but what they're not taking into consideration is not everyone is at the same economic um, background or the same foundation that they can put their kids in these programs. I mean, even with them talking about cutting, you know, free school lunch and fucking um, programs where kids are eating breakfast and stuff like that. These Some of these meals are the only time these kids are eating. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, if you cut these programs, I mean, I don't, I think it's fucked up, but you're right to put more money into the prison program because that's where most of the motherfuckers are going to go. Period. Like, yeah. that's what, and it's because you are creating a, an environment where these kids will not be successful. And I think that that's the problem, is that people aren't looking at what we're doing to contribute to these kids being, um, you know, offenders or in jail or whatever the case may be. We're not trying to fix that. We're just trying to, we're just trying to accommodate for them to be offenders. But, I disagree with you. I think they are looking at it. They just don't give a fuck. But... I mean, that's the same. I'm just keeping it 100. I'm just keeping it 100. Right. The same studies that we see... They're looking at it. The same studies are the ones that they use to to make changes and do what they want to do. They're looking at it. They see it. These these people in this administration and in Congress and, you know, they see it. They they see the the, the statistics and the data and they they know what these programs can and cannot do and uh, the, the effects they have. They just don't give a fuck, honestly, in my opinion, because... Hmm. It doesn't affect them. <laughs> it, do, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't. It has doesn't affect That's them. True. They're chilling. They're true. they're good. Their their children are fine. That's true. You know well, they they have the money. They now, can. They'll now be okay. Heroin prices are not. But um, <laughs> I mean, I'm uh, addiction is a disease. Yeah. Addiction is a disease. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think they 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 may not give a fuck. But I just want to be. Maybe I'm naive, man. Maybe it's not. I just don't think that they don't give a fuck. I just think that sometimes. If it, like you said, it doesn't affect them. So if it doesn't affect you, you really can't understand how the things are applicable. I, I just, I want to believe that that's it. I don't want to believe that they're just being, you know, malicious for no fucking reason. Well, you go ahead and keep believing. I can, that shit. I can believe that they're ignorant, ignorant in nah, the sense it's... that 
they For don't, instance, no, they don't no... know what they don't know. And no, if you don't it's... experience something, if you don't ever witness it, you're not going to believe it. And so you're ignorant to the impacts that your actions are taking, which is not a very good excuse for somebody that's going to be a leader in the free world. That's, like, that's so not an me... excuse at all. You can't claim ignorance in, in, in situations like this. When it comes to the, when it comes to education and, and helping children to succeed, yeah. I will not take ignorance as an excuse because I don't know. So this is why we're so doing what? this because I don't know. Because there are many people out there who are making it evident to them that this is no. what will happen Ignor- if you ignorance, do this. Ignorance is a lack of understanding. Yeah. So they don't understand the impact of what they're doing and how it's affecting that's, that's, down at the bottom of the chain. They don't. That's that's like saying I expect the white person to understand everything that I, a black person's ever been through. It's impossible for them to understand yeah. that. So because they they will literally never experience it. And these people that are running the government, they will literally never experience. Their children will literally never experience. So what do you? So it's very difficult for them to grasp the concept of what their actions are causing. That's true. Well, so what do you think that you know people whose kids are directly affected by this prison uh, school to prison pipeline? What do you think that we can do in order to combat it? I think what we can do is, I and I think this will apply to a lot of the different issues that, you know, the black community and the brown communities are having. Is you ha- we have to get involved in those lawmaking organizations because there's a lot of young people even now, black people, brown people that are taking up city council sp- positions, yeah. going in there and voting, going in there and making their voice heard. Because once they're voted in, you know, they're going to serve their term. And they have the ability to make some of those changes or affect some type of change within their community. So, so yes, it's it sucks and it takes a long time. But at the end of the day, you have to play on on that same playing field. So I talked to a dude so, at the gala, and we kind of had the same conversation. But what he said to me was, um, if you think about Congress and political positions as a as like a poker game, right? So if you are just starting to play poker, but you happen to be sitting at the table with a bunch of professionals, do you think that you can win? No, you're not. So when you think about entering the political realm, like, yeah, we should start trying to get Congress positions and um, become lawmakers, stuff like that. But you are entering a realm where you don't have as much experience as the people around you. So even though you want to make change, you want to you know, make some waves, you really aren't going to have you don't really know the know-how or have the experience to make those changes because they've been doing it a lot longer than you. So what he's saying, what he recommended that we should probably start doing is, you know, if they defund, you know, these programs, you know, we create the programs ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Like we start empowering our communities um, without the government support because we know, we see that there's a need for it, you know? So he said there's a lot of people, you know, when you look around, there's a lot of people that are willing to give back. There's a lot of people that are willing to give that time um, because, you know, for whatever reason. Well, I know as some professions, you have to do some kind of community service. We've got a bunch of Greek um, uh, non-Greek organizations that want to do community service. Like there's a bunch of people out there that are willing to fulfill the need. We just have to have somebody organize it. So what he was saying is that if the government doesn't want to help us, fuck it. Let's help ourselves. Um, and so in order to fight this school to prison pipeline, we need to start, you know, bringing our community back in and have reach around services in which, you know, if I see somebody on the street acting a goddamn fool, I know him. So I'm going to stop him from doing that shit before somebody else does. You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh, definitely. But, and I think that's at the community level too. Like that's definitely the community level where it all, where it all starts. 
and but we haven't we didn't get to where we are in one generation yeah, we're not going to get out of where we are in one generation and so it's 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 a long game and i always believe in the long game that at the end of the day if you if we stay persistent at that like three generations from now two generations from now which really isn't that long it's like 100 years 150 years we won't be here only 100 but yeah i mean that's that's two lifespans that's two people that's you and your son yeah. that's it well, yeah i think um at at when you talk about what can we do to kind of reverse um the school to prison mm-hmm. pipeline i think it starts one in the in the school yeah. um i think we need one we need more African American and Latino teachers, both male and female, because it's it's a known fact that kids um, respond better. The teachers look like them to teachers that that look yep. like them and that they can relate to. So you definitely need more African American uh, and Latino teachers in the classroom, um, and then we just gotta work on when you talk about in the classroom. Um, Work on how we how we how we deal with consequences for these kids. Like work on how we fucking uh, interact with the kids. Work on how we fucking figure out what's going on with these kids. I'm just and I'm just taking this down to just a classroom mm-hmm. level, you know. And as a, as somebody who's about to go into the classroom, and I think about how I'm gonna deal with things like that, you know. Um, just as a as a teacher, you wanna, you know, get to know your kids. It's like in, it's I I it's funny when I was in the army, I hated this fucking term. Because I don't think they use it correctly, but it's engaged leadership essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you know, talk about engaged leadership, getting to know your, getting to know your kids, getting to know your students, yeah. um, knowing where they come from, you know, what their background is, and that way you can better, you know, deal with them uh, and teach them essentially yeah. when they're having when they're having issues or when they're struggling or when they're acting out. Uh, you know that student, you know their background, you know where they come from. That way you can you can tailor your approach to each child. And that's on a, that's on a teacher level. That's just on a teacher level. Mm-hmm. But on a on a much bigger level, um, yeah, man, like community programs that that are getting that are, are slated to be scrapped by you know through federal funding, like you said, man, we we, we got to do something to create our own, um, to help out in the community, and it's just. Yeah, that's my point. Yeah. I'm done. I think, I think <laughs> cre- cre- definitely create our own, but also seek out the ones that already exist. Like some simple shit, like a football league. Like there is some black dad or a group of black dads that are out there that are putting together or have already a team or a league that they're you know they got their their kids want to play, so that's what they did. They made one, and seek those out and become a part of yeah. them and grow it because it's you know we can't have everybody starting their own but we can't have everybody having a piece of that pie mm-hmm. i see i think that's a good this is a good place to, to to wrap this one up man i think that was a pretty good uh conversation man discussion fuck y'all made me mad though like because i'm kind of upset about the whole situation now anyway <laughs> anyway so i guess on a lighter note um, kind of switching gears here. Well, I think we have another fucking episode of movie shots, right? <laughs> yeah. We do. Which I think we do. We you do. know, it's yeah. crazy. I don't every week, not every week, but this week it kind of like made sense because we we're talking about you know school to prison pipelines and how it you know family is kind of important. So, uh, <laughs> jo- 
Family is definitely important. You know, okay. So, so what movie did you go see, Josh? <laughs> this week, I went to see Fate of the Furious, the eighth edition of Fast and Furious. It's you the know, eighth one. And eighth it one. was pretty good. Why is there eight? I, uh, Why are we I, at I'll eight say right this. Now? It was all about family, you know? Yeah, we know you know that. Dom Toretto. Shut the Toretto, fuck up. He, just, fuck you know, up. <laughs> he never gives up on his family, dog. But, you know, it's crazy. Like, he, My... he holds it down, P.O.P. style, baby. Didn't it start off about racing? Weren't they like street racers? Yeah. I, I thought which, Fast and Furious which, was a racing as a, movie. As a car guy, as a racist myself, <laughs> a race car driver, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I did not like the fact that the whole movie was just about them driving around in these random ass vehicles. Like there was no, there was nothing about them working on cars. Like fucking ludicrous. He really didn't do shit. He typed on the computer one time, but everybody knows that that's the, the, the tuning whiz right there on cars. Fucking Dom. He just was like bald headed and fought some people a couple of times. So right. I got a question. I what, what, what was the submarine doing in the movie? Like, exactly. It was not. It had no purpose in Fast and Furious. It was just fucking stupid. They were, like, trying, to like, up, they were trying to shoot nukes. So uh, they, the niggas just like right how now, did niggas get a submarine? Right like, now, Fast and Furious has turned into oh, oh. the Fast and Furious guys being on call black ops. So is what so are. so Josh, what do you like? If you, I know you were drunk, but if you had to tell us right now, do you think it was worth? Do you, do you think people should go see it? You're, this is your sober. Um, assessment if if i was not lit off the henny when i went to see it i probably would just wait for it to come out on my amazon fire stick Damn. and low-key it's on there right now <laughs> with like the cam version and i would just probably watch that shit because it really was not that good when you compare it to all the other fast and furious okay. well, maybe because, of, maybe because my boy paul walker wasn't in it but at the same time yeah. Like it wasn't, it, they didn't stay true to the core Fast and Furious. Okay. Like the the movie theater was fucking empty. Yeah. Like usually every car club and a mama would be at this bitch watching this movie, and it it didn't happen. Oh, well, let, well, let's Whoa. hear what Drunk Josh had to say about it. Uh, <laughs> here's Drunk Josh. I hope. What up, what up, y'all? So, welcome to the square table. This is number two of Movie Shots. And it's your boy, Jay Lee. And tonight, I want to see the eighth and final Fast and Furious. And I must say, it was, it was pretty good. I had some comedy mixed in there. And with some like serious shit, and honestly, to be real with y'all, I'm a I'm a big car guy. As you all know, I'm a racist, someone who likes to race cars. So, you know, it was only fitting that I went to see this Fast and Furious movie, and um, it was pretty good. I mean, I liked it. I don't, you know, all my car fam, y'all might have hated it because y'all feel like. People didn't go to see it for the cars and the family of it. But if you actually watch it and listen to the lines in the movie, it was all about family. And 
if there's one thing that I can agree with more is like family. Like for real, it was all about Toretto fucking Dom like doing what he had to do for his family. And on the other side of that, his family not giving up on him. So I'm not going to spoil it for y'all, but I'm going to let y'all watch it. I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to do my Kanye. And y'all can watch it till the end and realize that you could be mad about, like, the cars going from a family thing to always being about, like, explosions and cars and, like, random ass Bugattis riding around and shit for no fucking reason. Like, I agree with you. But at the same time, the underlying tone of the movie is still about family. And that is what I fuck with. I fuck with that part. Because your family is the only thing that you got at the end of the day. If they fuck with you, they fuck with you. If they don't, I mean, you are here by yourself. So, big ups to Fast and the Furious for repping the fam. Always and forever, always love. Peace. Moment of silence for my nigga. Brian. Okay, moment of silence over. So, let's start. Um, what was the movie about? The movie was about, you know, Dom Toretto getting tied up with some shit that, like, he is not supposed to make it out of. Like, he's supposed to die at the end. Like, Toretto was supposed to be done. Kaput. No more. But, in the Dom fashion, he always finds his way out. Somehow, some way, he drives some crazy ass car. And niggas was like, it has five thousand horsepower. And I'm like, nigga, a car with five thousand horsepower, ain't no fucking way in hell a car has five thousand horsepower. Fuck out of here with that bullshit. Like the fastest GTR right now has like eleven hundred horsepower, one thousand one hundred horsepower. And y'all gonna say Dom Toretto? Riding around in a car with 5,000 horsepower. That's like a fucking plane. Like, he could fly that shit off the ground like Rocket Man. And this nigga, like, in a plane flying around and shit with 5,000 horsepower. Bull fucking shit. Ass and Furious, you fucked that one up. But I'm gonna let it slide because of the underlying tones of family and shit. So it's cool. I ain't even gonna worry about it. Straight. Man, you know, it is what it is. But, second thing is, the fucking movie theater, dog. I swore I had to buy a ticket for 10 o'clock because I swore that was going to be the only time that was open on a Friday night on Easter weekend and the theater was going to be packed. I was going to have to show up like a fucking hour early just to get a seat in this bitch. No. Let me tell you, lo and behold, this fucking movie theater... I could have sat anywhere. There was maybe like mm, 20, 25 people in the whole theater for Fast and Furious. Like, really? That's what I was disappointed about. Not the movie, the crowd. Like, I thought y'all was Carp Fam. I thought y'all was my peoples. But y'all didn't show up. And that's what I don't fucks with. Whether you like it or not, like, you can't judge some shit off of not ever seeing it. That's the fucked up part. Y'all ain't never see it, but y'all see some some fucking Instagram videos and some fucking commercials. It was like, nah, 
I'm not going to go watch it. So fuck y'all for not going to watch it. I did it for movie shots. Y'all could have done it on a regular. Shit. Mm. By the way, I will say tonight's movie shots was brought to you by Hennessy and Demos Decanter. See, you know, that's what gets you fucked up. Like, once you pour your bottle of liquor into your decanter, you don't know technically what liquor it is. So after a while, you've been drinking, and you'd be like, damn, nigga, what, what was I, what I've been drinking all night? And you don't remember. But I remember, because I saw the bottle when I got home, it was Hennessy. It was straight Henny, on the rocks, for y'all unsophisticated people, that's fucking ice. Ice are the rocks, you know, but I'm not talking like diamonds and shit. That's, I'm not that rich. I ain't balling like that. I'm talking regular ice cubes to make the shit cold. So, yeah, but Henny, and right now I'm sipping on some Corona Extra. Like, I walk home from the movie theater, and it was a fuck. It was a fucking Shell gas station, and like the midway point between my house and the movie theater, and I stopped, and I was like, I'm gonna get a black you know, chill and the rest of the walk home is cool, whatever. And then I saw a nigga buy a three pack of Miller Lite. And I was like, nigga, I'm with you. So I put my what's it wine, black him out, what's that wine only. That's it. And a Corona. Cause they didn't have a Modelo in the singles. And I couldn't drink three Modellos in the walk home. That was just, that's just out of control. Um, I'm not an alcoholic. I can't do that. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. um, so that's what the movie was about. It's about family, Dom Toretto, you know, like, really? So I'm going to spoil this one part for y'all because it really touched me in my heartstrings. It was pulling on my heartstrings. Turns out Dom Toretto has a baby. Alright, boom, there it goes, I just dropped it like it was a shit, Dom Toretto has a kid, his kid, the mom, only named the kid with their middle name, because she was like, the dad should get the chance to name his son what she, what he wants to name him, and at like the very last, the very last scene, Dom was like, his name is Brian, and after that, I broke down. I broke the fuck down because if you know about Fast and the Furious and you know about Brian, Brian was the heart and soul of that family. It was him. It was him. Without him, that family could almost just fall apart. I mean, you got Tyrese, you got Luda, you got Letty, you know, and all them. them, That's the fam right there. But like Brian was the part that brought it all together. That was like... He was like the, the 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 end all be all. He was like the fucking Dalai Lama of the Fast and Furious family, and we all know he died in real life, like real life, like he's gone. And every year, you know, us car people, peace up, you know, Brian, you don't hold me for real, for real. And you know he's gone. So Dom named his son Brian. Oh, shit. Excuse me. My bad. Sorry. My bad. He named his son Brian. And that was that. I don't... 
And I, I, I have really felt that, and it, it, it really touches you if you know the series, you know, and you know what he means to the movie, you know. So that's that. That's what happened at the end. That's my spoiler for the movie. Um, everything that happened in between. It was cool, and, like, the only comic relief was Tyrese, which you can kind of see coming because Tyrese, like, he's funny as shit in the movies. Like, he is. I can't I can't even hold him. Like, he was funny. And then there was Letty. Fucking Letty. Fucking Dom's girlfriend, fiance, wife, whatever you want to call her. It was fucking chilling in Cuba. Like, it ain't shit. And low-key, it makes me want to go to Cuba. Like, I want to go to Cuba just to ch- fucking chill. Like, I think that's where I'm going to go this summer. I'm going to catch a cruise because there are cruises that go to Cuba right now. And you can get an interior room on a cruise ship to Cuba on a five-day cruise for like $400 a head, which really isn't that much. That's that's a good cruise. And like, you just throw in the unlimited drinks package and you can be lit this whole cruise going to Cuba kicking it for a couple days and coming right the fuck back and chilling. So I think that's what I'm going to do on this summer is go to Cuba on a cruise because why the fuck not? I don't, there's no reason not to. So yeah, Cuba, here I come because Toretto and Letty said it was cool. That's what couples do. Couples go to Cuba. That's the thing. Hmm. I need to finish this cerveza. That's that's Mexican for beer, if you didn't know. I'm sorry, not Mexican. That's Spanish for beer. Mm, I don't want to be racist. You know, I am a racist as in I'm a race car driver, but I'm not a racist as in like, you know, the negative terminology of, of racist. So there's that, you know. Um, But yeah, you know. I'm sitting here, I got my fucking guitar and shit, it's, it's all the fuck out of tune, but it's okay. Y'all didn't even know, I play guitar. See, and that's what time in Afghanistan does to you. You learn random shit. Like, I taught myself how to play guitar. But, um, Fast and Furious, it was, it was a hell of a fucking movie. It really was. I enjoyed it very much. You know, and... I'm fucking up. Y'all are my first audience. That I ever really played guitar for. And don't judge me. Please don't judge me. Okay, that's enough of that. 
Uh, the interlude is over. But um, I'm a little fucked up. Not a lot, just a little bit. And I just want y'all to know that for movie shots, I think it was great. This was a great movie to go see because I'm a car guy and, you know, it was it was awesome. Um, what else? Oh, fucking Letty. Let me tell you about Letty. So if you know the Fast and Furious series, you know, in the last movie, fucking Letty, like she came back to us because she had gone over to the fucking dark side. Right, she was in another realm. She didn't have no memories. She didn't remember shit. She was just in this other realm, like doing bad shit, like the shit that nobody wants to do, the stuff that you know only the bad guys do. And you was like, Letty, like I thought you was one of us. I thought you was part of the family, and like she let me down because I felt like she was supposed to be helping out Dom, but to the same accord. Fucking Dom never gave up on Letty. Like, no matter what. Like, he knew that Letty was still Letty. He knew that she was still her. And he fought for her every second, every quarter mile. Like, he was there. Even though she didn't remember. No matter what. He didn't give up on fam. And, like, there it is again. There's the Fast and Furious again. There's the fam again. There's the car scene again. Like, that's it. Like, we're family. Like, you might, maybe you don't want to be part of the crew no more. Maybe you change cars. Maybe, you know, you say you get in a fight with somebody else in the club. You know, shit happens. Families argue. We fucking hate each other sometimes. But at the end of the day, we're all still fam. Like, I respect your build. You respect my build. You know? Like, we're all at different points in our lives. And that's literally what it is. Whether you remember or not. Like, if you're part of my family, you're part of my family. And 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 that's that. Point blank, period. And Letty is the epitome of that. Like, from the last movie to this movie. Like, last movie, Letty didn't remember shit. This movie, Letty remembered everything. And she was with Dom. They was having a good life. They was talking about having kids. And they was talking about having kids. And at the end of the day, like, they fucking got a kid. Because Dom's kid's mom, you know, another spoiler, she fucking got shot in the head. They murked her. She was fucking done. They was like, pow, pow. It wasn't even a pow, pow. It was just one bang. One single bang. And, you know, it was a PG-13 movie, so they didn't show shit. But you knew. She was dead. She was gone. And if you ever watched the transporter, that shit, that nigga was there. Statum, like there's a there's like like this fight brewing between Statum and Dom, and like like if they ever actually fought, I don't know who would win. I think I fuck with Dom, like you homie, but Statum would win. I think Statum is actually. Like, a legit-ass fucking fighter. Like, he would whoop his ass. And, like, Dwayne, a.k.a. The Rock Johnson, Stanton will fuck that nigga up, too. Like, he got show-show muscles, and he's probably legit strong for real, for real. But, 
I think Stadium will fuck him up. He's too, like, Stadium is, like, too fucking nimble, dog. He was, like, jumping over shit, jumping off of shit. He's, like, parkour mixed with, like, Tai Chi, like, that subtle, like, swooping move type shit, but also karate and taekwondo and shit. Like, he was all up in it. Like, they was locked up in jail together, and Stadium was, like, Come at me, dog. Come at me. And then The Rock, like, pulled a whole fucking bench out the wall. And then was, like, doing curls with the shit. I was like, all right, Rock. You strong as shit. You strong as shit. But right before this movie started, I saw a fucking commercial of you doing the new Baywatch. Like, that shit ain't that shit ain't hard, dog. Ain't nobody in jail talking about, yeah, I was on Baywatch. Come at me, bro. Like, fuck out of here. So, you know, you... You talk a big game, you got a big ass bark, but also you kind of low on the game, like you a little chihuahua ass shit. Like Statham, he don't fuck with niggas. He will fuck you up, point blank, period. That's it. So until Dwayne the Rock Johnson shows me some shit, like you good at showmanship, that's for sure. Coming from, you know, World Wrestling Federation and shit. But, uh, Statham, I mean, he'll, he will fuck you up. You might be bigger. You may got some pounds on him, but that'd be it for you, dog. That'd be it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't last. I don't think so. But either way, it was a good fight scene. I'll give it to y'all. It was a good fight scene. But only thing that made it a good fight scene was that it was a whole bunch of like cuts in and out. So like you watching the shit, but you can't really tell what the fuck is going on. You just know that they're kind of fighting. But, like, y'all was, like, swinging. And, like, right when you swung, it was supposed to connect. Like, it cut away to some other scene. And y'all fighting somewhere else. And so I was, like, weak. That was weak. You know? And not to mention, I had my flask with me. So it was just, like, me stuffing my face with popcorn. Taking a hit from the flask. And then drinking a little bit of my blue icy from the stand. Dog, why do movie theaters have fucking high-ass prices? Like, why does... One, they told me they didn't have a small popcorn. So what the fuck are people supposed to do when you go to the movies by yourself? If I can't order a small popcorn, that means I gotta get a regular-ass-size popcorn. Which, you know, because I'm a fat-ass, I ate all of it. But a normal person wouldn't eat a regular-size popcorn and an icy. Not to mention, in the middle of the fucking movie, I had to run my ass down to the bathroom. Why? Because I had to get a regular size popcorn and a regular size icy, and my bladder couldn't hold it. I couldn't hold it. I had to go. So I don't know what I missed. It was like three and a half minutes. I counted. You know, I only pissed enough to like not have to piss again for the rest of the movie. I. I I shut that shit off like clank, clank, nigga, clank, clank. I cut that shit off and then I came back to the movie. But, uh, yeah, I missed part of their fight scene when they was in jail together. It's cool, you know. I still don't think I really missed much because in real life, Statham would have fucked up Dwayne and that would have been it. We'd have moved on with our lives. I don't think anybody would have cared that much for real. So, yeah, that's the part I missed to the movie. Womp, womp, whatever. Um, but, yeah. What else? What else? Mm. 
you know, I really feel like there was a bunch, a bunch of fucking kids in the movie. Like, they was born when the first one came out. And it makes me feel some type of way. Like, y'all don't even really know what's behind this whole, you know, Fast and Furious series. Like, y'all wasn't really, well, I wasn't there with a shooting in the gym. Y'all wasn't there when Paul Walker really, when he died, like, y'all didn't know what kind of hurt that brought, like, we had stickers, we had whole cruises dedicated to Paul Walker and his death and his car collection, like, if you know him, his car collection was ridiculous, like, out of control, and they sold his entire collection with the note being that you did not know that was part of Paul Walker's collection. So you could be driving around in a car right now that you bought at an auction and not have any idea that that was actually in his collection. Which blows my mind. Like, one day when I'm grown and I can afford a really expensive car that's expensive for no fucking reason and it could be Paul Walker's fucking car. That's legit. Like, you right now could be riding around in Paul Walker's car and not even know it. Like, it was only, like, a couple, like, a very small handful. I wouldn't even say a whole handful. I'd say, like, maybe, like, a half of a handful that people know are actually Paul Walker's car. And you're riding around in it. Like, that's, like, that's liquid gold. That's not even liquid. That's, like, hard, hard body gold. Like... You could sell that shit for hella bread right now if you knew and could note that it was Paul Walker's car when you sell it. So I'm going to just put that out there. Boom. Bam. It's out there. Whatever. You know, if you got Paul Walker's car, you got Paul Walker's car. If you don't, you don't. You know, maybe you'll never know. I don't know. That's not my That's not my thing to deal with. But if you know that you're riding around Paul Walker's car, hit me up because... I want to ride in it. Like, I won't even, I won't even say I want to drive. You know, I would love to drive, but I'll just ride. Even if it is, you know, you know, just throw it out there. You know, I'm a big fan and I'm not even going to try to fake and act like I'm not and I think it's cool. Like, if you told me that it was Paul Walker's car when I started riding in it, I would probably lose my shit. I would lose my shit and I would like pictures, photos, videos, all the time, everywhere. So, yeah, um, that's where I'm at with it. So, you know, Fast and Furious, it was good. It was a good-ass movie. Um, you know, it was, it was all right. Like, I'm glad to see Tyrese and Luda and everybody back together. You know, it was, um, it was... It was, it was something that you don't see every day, you know, like driving through Berlin and shit, riding around, getting it with the homies. And that's what I can't wait to do again. I don't know the next time I'm going to do that again because my homies are all in Washington, West Coast, you know, Pacific Northwest. I fuck with y'all. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. My cerveza. I can't I can't go to sleep until this cerveza is empty. So um you know I'm a I'm a little smashed. 
I'm a little dread, you know. Um, but I think, for real, for real, that might be all I got because I want to explain the movie to y'all, but at the same time, I don't want to ruin the movie for y'all because I know most of y'all probably haven't seen it yet. So, I'm going to leave it at that. And I'm going to let bygones be bygones. Whatever the fuck that's supposed to mean. I don't know. It's been real though. It's a square table. 3.0. Movie shots. You know, number two. Because Demo hit number one with Power Rangers. I didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. Um, But if y'all go see a movie... Make sure you get drunk before you go see the movie. Stay drunk while you're at the movie. And send us your drunken movie review after you're done watching the movie. And, you know, maybe you can get featured on the show. And we'll put y'all out there. We'll tag you, you know. Let us know what movie y'all want to go see. So, two up, two down. Sea Breezy, VA. That's Virginia for y'all. Y'all know I know motherfuckers. The DMV, real life. Get some, baby. Mm. Mm-mm. Get it. Mm. Mm. Yeah.